0: hey real nerds there's many ways to enjoy the real nerds podcast you can listen to us on stitcher itunes and now spotify and iHeartRadio. you can see what we're up to around town by following us at real nerds on instagram and if you want to send us your thoughts you can email us at real at gmail.com or call us at 720-6-NERDS-5 like us on facebook at real nerds podcast or tweet us at RealNerds. and now on with the show
1: This is real nerds podcast. And for over 10 years, the real nerds podcast have seen a new movie and podcasted our experience to the world. This week we went back and saw venom, venom, venom. <laughs> that just made me like joke. Uh, let You're there not Eminem.
2: You can't do it.
1: I know. Let there be carnage. I, I love that they reincorporated that song into the movie too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stay tuned to the end of the episode, where we will either recommend the film or not, play the trailer, and then spoil it. We also talk about movies we've been watching, movies that are coming out on Blu-ray, movie news, movies, the movie motion pictures of Hollywoodland, um, is what we talk about.
2: Motion pictures um, made in the world where George Reeves is dead, and we have to solve the mystery, because <laughs> he and, said Hollywoodland.
1: Uh, just so everybody knows, if you're not following us on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, Brad and I are having a contest of who can watch the most horror films during October.
0: That's putting it kindly. It's more like a war.
1: It is. It truly is.
2: Man, and- <laughs> I'm, I'm a part of this, too. But I guess I'm not at war with you guys. I'm just doing this because I did it last year
1: anyway. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, I decided I was going to like make it a contest and be like an asshole to Brad for it. I don't know why. <laughs> I just decided it would be fun to <laughs> fuck with Brad on um Facebook and Twitter.
0: I, I'm all for it. I I I'm going to come at you in in a fun and over over exaggerated way and you know, it's, it's going to be great.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun and uh and it's a cool way. I found this website. I forget the name of it. I have it bookmarked on my phone. But it's like uh all things random or something. And, or like movies, I forget the actual name, but you type in the genre of the movie and how many like titles you want it to be. And then you just hit random and it will give you a bunch of random titles. Uh, Hmm. so I do that. I've done that every day. And those are the movies that have popped up, uh, besides (laughs) the invisible man, which I did for research on, uh, Zach's podcast that I was on this morning, but yeah that's how I'll be doing it going forward. Cause I, and I guess the only other caveat too, is I have to own the film, which I own a lot of them anyways, but
2: yeah. Okay. So it can't be streaming. It's got to be only from your collection.
1: Uh, I mean, I guess if it's on streaming, that's okay too. I, I guess I, I should say I have to have access to the film. I'm I'm not going to go out and buy like the shining or something. Cause I don't care.
2: <laughs> no, no, I, I get you. Um, it's funny. Cause I, I think feasibly I would already lose the contest because the way I did it last year was I mixed it up. So it wasn't just films. It was also like radio, radio horror stories and radio series that did horror stories like Lights Out and uh, Suspense and Inner Sanctum. So I get to kind of change it up a little bit. But there are days when I do more than one movie. So I end up getting more than 31, but not each day. So I'm already kind of technically out of this contest because I don't think I'd hit the same streak.
1: So, Brad, you just have a stack. Did you randomly grab your stack, or... um, No. Is it planned?
0: Like, most years, it's planned. Like, I grab, like, five or six. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna watch these for Halloween season. Mm -hmm. But knowing Mm -hmm. that I have to compete against you, who has, like, a whole wall full of horror movies, um, I grabbed everything I could think of that was a horror movie on my shelf, and that's that stack. So, Mm -hmm. it is quite dwarfed, and I will definitely be dipping into the streaming (laughs) services.
1: Yeah, (laughs) it's... uh, Yeah, I mean, it, when I look at my collection, I'd say almost 50% of it is horror. Um, I, I don't know. It's always a genre I've liked. Uh, it's, uh, you know, I should really look into that one time. when I, If I'm really bored one day and see the ratio of <laughs> films I have to the genre. Got to
2: count uh, everything, including Criterion and an individual label. I think your your ratio is definitely going to be tied between that or Disney Animation. If, if I'm taking a stab in the dark. Yeah, uh,
1: go ahead, Brett. Sorry.
0: I was gonna say my strategy to win is just not get married and not have a kid. So uh, I have that's plenty it, of time. That, that watch is a good all strategy.
1: These. And uh, I mean, because I, you know, I've been out of town for so long that um, I'd have to, like, it's taken me a while to get back into the flow of things, but I have had time to find, to watch a horror movie, even though I worked as soon as I got back and um, today is my first day off in eight. So um, yeah,
2: it's difficult. It can be yeah, difficult. But,
1: you know, you just gotta, it is a good way to unwind from a job. And that's why I love movies because you know, they're an escapism.
2: Yep. I'll allow you to drift off into another world. And Brad, if you need help, you can just come over to my place and take some stuff off my shelf? I'll help you win
0: nice tag team (laughs) nice yeah yeah, Yeah, movies ask very little of you so all you all all they need is your attention
1: that's that's why they're great yes absolutely so brad is uh are we still able to go around actually you have something to announce for going around town i do hey
0: film buddies follow me around denver This week at the drive. I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> uh, yeah, first of all, uh I just found out today that on Friday, uh Justice Team, the 48 hour film that Zach and I uh and a bunch of others made last August, uh mm-hmm. is been selected to the best of screening. And it is already uh like announced that it's like receiving it's nominated for some award. I'm not sure what it is, but it's, it's getting one and we'll find out during the screening. So
2: now, very cool. Corinne also helped out and I would add way more than I did on the project. So that's
0: right. Yeah. She's not (laughs) here right now. So uh, yeah. Yeah. Corinne did a lot more than yeah Zach did, but
1: still, you know, contributed. You should know when um, she's not here or you're not here. All I do is say you did way more. Mm -hmm. and make fun of that person to see if they're listening to our podcast
2: (laughs) ah i get you so so temporarily i'm better than most people i got (laughs) you
1: exactly doy
2: (laughs) oh i like this game peter parker i really like this game (laughs) (laughs) but yeah no congratulations buddy i was um i was curious there was a lot of other good selections that came over um from your screening that got in there so i'm really glad that there's a nice Batch of things going on there.
0: Yeah, it was sh- shocking. There's six, no, five. Are, so there's more award winners than actual screeners. They narrowed it down to 12 that are actually going to screen. And then there's a bunch of others that are actually going to get awards, but not screen for whatever reason. And from our screening group, which was like 10, I think, the preview night, uh, seven of them made it into the best of. Wow. And Jesus. five of them it's are like screening. 60%. Wow. yeah five of them are actually screening, so
2: is one and your one of yours is yours is screening
0: yeah mine's one of them yeah
2: woo party party
0: ours is yeah, so love it yeah uh, yeah it's a shocking ratio from that group d um you know, all good stuff, like I said when I was watching, I was like, this is the best most solid block I've watched of all four, and then um yeah,
1: you're proven correct,
0: yeah, I did not. Expect them all to make, like, yeah, expect maybe two. And then, yeah, they they put five of them in there and give seven of them nominations for something. Um, And, like, the awards are expanded this year. Like, you can win Best Trailer and Best Poster, too. So that could be what we're getting. You know, (laughs) it it might not not necessarily be about the film itself. So
1: Best is the best.
2: (laughs) I just realized, Brad, it's probably going to be for Best Poster. And the only reason it's going to be for Best Poster is because my name's on it. Uh, Am I getting this game right, Ryan?
1: (laughs) Yes. Now you're picking it up.
0: (laughs) I'd also like to point out that uh, a unique thing this year is that you don't, as much as I encourage you to come down to the Bug Theater and watch them all, you can live stream them for free. So if you uh, go to a website during the event and just you know connect, you can see what you can uh, probably just watch all the films in the best of and watch the uh, awards and Q and A. So um again you know i'd rather you you know pay the 10 bucks and go to the theater and support the theater but if you're like you know absolutely can't go and still want to like find out what it's like just jump on that live stream that the 48 old post so
2: very cool wonderful congratulations buddy
0: thanks yeah (laughs) sorry someone messaged me like as i was talking anyway what
2: what was did it say seven days (laughs) Seven days. Ryan knows what I'm talking about because it's, a, it's the, the ring.
0: Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's.
1: Congrats. Yeah, are, are we done with me? Can I talk yeah, about we're those? With you? <laughs> uh,
0: the 88 Drive-In is on its final two weeks of their season, and let's see, it's October fourth right now. So it looks like Monster House, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, and Malignant are Mm. the final lineup i think there's one more week after this and or maybe this is last week and then the holiday twin starting this weekend is showing obviously no time to die and venom let there be carnage no no double features just each on separate screens
1: nice
0: yeah so wonderful oh Oh, no my uh, bad sorry it is a it is a, uh, there are double features. Uh, well, the one screen with No Time to Die has Adam's Family 2 ahead of it. Okay. Okay.
2: <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> um, All right. <laughs> and then if you want to go to the Dairy Arts Center up in Boulder, um, I lied. The thing that I announced last week is actually happening this week, Friday, October 8th. You can see the film Knocking at Friday Night Weird at the Bodecker Theater at the Dairy Arts Center. Uh, as explained before, it's about a young woman who experienced a traumatic incident and is unnerved by a haunting knocking sound from the upstairs of her new apartment building. What is that sound? What does it mean? Stay tuned for this Swedish film from 2021 for more details on uh, the, the happenings going on in this motion picture. Yeah, tickets are uh, available on the Dairy dot org for more information.
0: That reminds me, I drove all the way up to Boulder last Friday and knocked on that door for quite a while. And it was really embarrassing.
2: Oh, really? Oh, shoot. I'm sorry.
0: No. (laughs) I'm just saying be more careful in the future because that could be someone else who's not as cool as me.
2: The real nerds told me this, baby.
0: We jump on Twitter. There's someone flaming us for, like, wasting their gas and time.
2: Bring them on. Just bring them on over to the Ballyhoo page. I'll fight them there. (laughs) (laughs) This, This isn't the real nerds fight. This is my fight
0: when zach talks about the dairy arts thing it's not part of the real it's a it's a ballyhoo program so definitely take it up with ballyhoo yeah that's right take it up with the <laughs> yesteryear
2: ballyhoo review where jack hanley who helps run this program has been on once and will be back um by the way i guess i'll point out that next week they're showing blowout with john travolta directed by brian de palma uh, which is a fun movie so uh if you have any desire to go see that you can check that out
0: real nerds is not responsible for anything the ballyhoo may promote <laughs> talk about. <laughs>
2: The ballyhoo is not responsible for real nerds or the jerkiness of one Brad Hay. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, the ballyhoo are not. You're yeah, not represent the Real Nerds podcast.
2: The real Nerds podcast is not responsible for the happenings in John Claude Van Dam's damn fan
0: Actually, it absolutely is. Oh, Okay, <laughs> yes, hey, uh... Uh,
2: What's what's another project you don't want to associate
0: yourself with? Uh. uh... <laughs> The boy who stares. I was on that one. Well, wow, <laughs>
2: mean. <laughs> God. Oh God, wait a wait a pull back, and I didn't. Me- hey Ryan, for the record, I didn't mention it. He did.
0: <laughs> Until he totally threw Van Damme under the bus. I, I know. I it, I,
2: it, I had it coming. <laughs> um, Geez, easy, boys. Easy. I know. Uh, hey Ryan, don't 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 get too alarmed. But I'm gonna have to take Brad out now.
1: No, I need this show to be posted and look cool
2: well i mean we can get brad bot to do it i'm still gonna put his brain in a robot cool.
0: we, we we need to be able to finish our our, our horror movie war. so yes at least wait a little bit at least wait a month
2: okay I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you what i'll wait a month wait what horror movie
1: what our contest oh
2: Brian, yeah the horror horror 2021 horror uh,
1: no, no you know Brad's what, what? Brad's I'm, get, I'm getting 31 i'm getting
2: I'm getting this. Well, I'm also part of this contest, gentlemen. And also, I for, I was mixing that up with the idea that Ryan and I have been mulling over together, um, which which is going to be a cool idea. So uh, I'm excited for that.
0: But anyway, cool. Oh, cool. Yeah, just yeah, exclude Brad. That's fine. Whatever. Just move on. like you, Hey,
2: Brad, would you like to join us on a fun writing
1: adventure?
0: Oh, writing? No <laughs> one likes my writing. The
1: script is done.
0: <laughs> yeah. Tell me you want I'm... someone to lens it.
2: <laughs> you don't want to direct it you just want to lens it I don't know yeah.
1: let him read the script first
0: <laughs> yeah
2: you can tell me hey Zach your fucking writing sucks and he just smashes it in my face and then beats me up
0: let me read the script and give
1: you guys suggestions and then we'll talk
0: <laughs> and then you just
1: piss on it <laughs> yeah I don't know if you know this about Brad he's an award winning director oh, oh pardon me to be. pardon, pardon Again.
2: me Mr. Snooty Pants yes. <laughs>
1: Multiple award winning director.
2: <laughs> oh oh multiple. Huh. Interesting. See,
0: when you're someone like me who has the kind of influence that I do in this town, uh yeah, you'll you'll definitely be uh sending meetings with me as opposed to the other way around. So just
2: imagining a good fella's push in on you, going like Brad moved slow, but he didn't have to move at all. He could just wave his finger and bam, something was taken care of in this town. <laughs> <laughs> Brad's the poly of Denver filmmaking.
0: (laughs) And that's what's going on around town. (laughs) Zach, you treated me like a fucking jerk. Now I got to
2: turn my back on you.
1: (laughs) Hey, movie news. It's real news.
2: All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's kick off the news segment today with the... uh, uh, the updated news from uh, today that the IATC members have voted to authorize a strike. This means that most productions will shut down. Um, yeah. Give people proper working conditions, please. <laughs> Not that hard. Um, I don't know. Anybody have any thoughts on this?
1: Well, it seems it happens every few years. This is
2: one of the this is one of those times where the where the major uh, crew member guilds are the ones striking and not ones in the writers branch or acting branch. So this is pretty damn significant. Um, and I, <clears throat> knowing some folks who work under the union, um, I'm very frustrated that they're being mistreated like garbage for this. So I am hoping that their uh, conditions are met um, in due time so that they can get back to work and that they are given a safe environment to work in so it's it sucks that it came down to that um negotiations stalled uh with the amptp um they released a statement um regarding the vote uh the uh, amptp remains committed to reaching an agreement that will keep the industry working we deeply value our ifc crew members and are committed to working with them to avoid shutting down the industry at such a pitiful time Particularly since the industry is still recovering from the economic fallout from the COVID-19 pandemic, a deal can be made at the bargaining table, but it will require both parties working together in good faith with a willingness to compromise and to explore new solutions to resolve our open issues. Um, the conditions I ask is asking for include... Things like not working 12 hour plus days, uh, getting cost of living pay increase, changing a new me- and changing the new media deal that was struck with the streaming platforms. A lot of this boils down to the streaming platforms playing wonky with like, well, we don't know if it's a proven thing or not. But as we've all seen with the lack of theater attendance and the rise in streaming, streaming is a relatively solid platform. And so therefore deals can be made to make sure that people are properly compensated. Um, I'm sure more on this will keep developing as the days go on uh, according to Variety 90% of all IATSE members voted and those who did 98% of those who voted were in support of the strike authorization so this was a big overwhelming support for um, shutting down until these resolves are met so here's hoping that IATSE gets what they want at least from my end um, as a popular there, guess- no go ahead
1: Ryan, I was, I was going to say, then don't work for David Fincher and his hundred plus takes.
2: Yeah. I don't <laughs> know. I don't know how David Fincher runs this. I don't know if any crew members have had any complaints or not.
1: As well, a popular, I mean, if you're doing yeah,
2: doing. yeah. If you're, if you're doing those long days, I'm I'm sure he's part. He might be part of that culprit, but <laughs> I guess we wouldn't know unless somebody was to come out with specifics.
0: I was going to say as a popular and influential director in Durant, in Denver, <laughs> Who has only heard one side <laughs> of this issue. Um, I definitely have to say that, uh, you know, um, there is way more content being produced than ever before. And it's bloated on the streaming end. So uh, I'd, ha- I'd have to definitely side with the unions on
1: this one.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: And if I'll also to... say being a boom mic operator for Brad is a grueling, horrible job. <laughs> <laughs> You'll work those
0: 12 hours, damn you. We've only got 48 to complete hurt. it. <laughs>
1: I'm speaking
2: as a mediocre director who's not as good as Brad that I really hope that they get their conditions bad, So,
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many words you've won, Zach, but Brad's won multiple.
2: <laughs> I have I have a trophy that yeah, I keep Zach in the corner. Trophies. <laughs> yeah, I, I have one in the corner. They spelled the name of my movie wrong, so I don't really respect the institution that gave it to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, um, when you're reading things like, yeah, those long hours and reduced meals and yeah, low it's pay it's just it's yeah uh, i know andrew... ryan
2: doesn't have uh instagram but brad have you followed the Iatsi stories like the ia stories instagram page
0: no but i, I follow comedian andrew Orbital and like you know he talked about the IATSI working on those who can't mm-hmm. and he said like who, who would have guessed the people who get shit done got this done <laughs> you know
2: <laughs> it's so... um It's sad. Some of the stories on that account, um, who are people who are are sending anonymous messages, um, uh, are telling some very, very terrible stories that, um, it's heartbreaking to know the extent at which shit like this is still going down in the workplace, in the film industry. Um, and I mean, it's, it's, and frankly, it, this extends to most industries that, um, operate in this country. I mean, retail workers deal with this kind of nightmare on a consistent basis. Um, except for the long hours thing, that's something they don't, but they don't get livable wages. And we certainly don't have proper treatment by our employers. So, um, I'm hoping that, uh, it sets a good example for a better tomorrow.
1: Um,
2: any other thoughts, gentlemen?
1: Nope. Everybody nope. deserves to have a, a good working environment, and shouldn't be subjected to long hours and not be compensated for it.
0: The other side presents a strong argument um, to which I have heard very little so far. Um, yeah, uh, go go unions. Get get what uh, what, what you deserve.
2: Yep, solidarity. Um, in other news the lawsuit between scarlett johansson and disney has been settled although the terms of the deal were not disclosed johansson and alan bergman had quotes respectively to respond to the occasion johansson said i am happy to resolve our differences with disney um and i am incredibly proud of the work we've done together over the years and will great and have greatly con- enjoyed my creative relationship with the team i look forward to continuing our collaboration in years to come bergman also told um uh, the Hollywood Reporter, in a statement, I am very pleased that we have been able to come to a mutual agreement with Scarlett Johansson regarding Black Widow. We appreciate her contributions to the MCU and look forward to working together on a number of upcoming projects including Disney's Tower of Terror. Um, so, yeah. terms uh, The terms of the settlement were not disclosed, but um, if Scarlett Johansson's happy, I'm assuming that they acquiesce to a lot of her concerns and frustrations.
1: Well, yeah. I, I think at the end of the day it's you're going to put my movie on streaming and you're not going to pay me for how much money I'd make at the box office. And I think she was more so just holding them accountable. And it's, it's another thing. It's just, you know, you can't treat people uh, that way or take away their, what they're due, especially someone who's been in the MCU since Iron Man two.
2: Yeah. It's and thankfully she did um, broach this subject because otherwise it would have set a precedent for them uh, not paying the actors um, what was disclosed in their deal and following the terms of the contract. And if something like streaming is to come up, then renegotiating that deal according to the service in which it'll be going to. Um, it's an easy way of saying, Ryan, we should all go to the movie theater, right?
1: Well, I I mean, between Venom and Shang Chi, I, I think um, it's proving that if you put movies out that people want to see, mm-hmm. people will go to the theaters, and they'll pay, and you can have really good box office returns for it. I agree. I mean, Shang Chi is at almost four hundred million worldwide. It has even opened in China, so I'm just saying.
2: <laughs> I would agree with you, sir. Hey, would you like to know? Uh, that, uh, there's been another legal development in the world of, uh, one of your favorite franchises. Okay. Okay. This just, this coming in off the wire over the week, uh, Victor Miller, uh, the writer of the first Friday the 13th movie, uh, has received a court victory. Um, and the second circuit court of appeals ruled in favor of Miller, um, they have concluded that he was not an independent contractor when he wrote the original 1980 slasher ca- classic, and therefore he is entitled to authorship rights. As such, the copyright termination Miller filed is seen as valid in the eyes of the law, and the rights to Friday the 13th will refer, revert back to him. But this only applies in the U.S. and only pertains to the original film, Friday the 13th, which complicates matters because th- – I, I would assume this means it's because the Jason Voorhees – that is in all subsequent sequels have very little to do with Miller's. um, Yeah. I
1: mean, I I guess uh, Ron Kurtz is technically the creator of adult Jason. So
2: Mm -hmm. I, uh, I, I, it seems confusing to me because technically it is Jason in that first one.
1: Yeah. I, I, my guess is I, I think Victor Miller just wants the name of Friday the 13th because it's so synonymous with the horror franchise Right. and uh, you know i i don't know what to think of it and it's above my i mean i read the ruling and i go i don't even understand what the hell's going on i just want them to make another friday the 13th movie
2: i guess so, feasibly it opens up the door since now he has the rights and it's no longer locked up in court the big hurdle will be uh giving in to whatever victor miller is demanding out of the name so yeah
1: because i mean i guess technically new line still owns them because I picked up the uh, ultimate part seven figure Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: it has, it doesn't say paramount. It says the Jason character is owned by new line cinema. So.
2: Okay. So then that's, so they basically have to cooperate with two different entities in order to get a new Friday the 13th out of the, uh, out of the, uh, out of the frying pan and into the, uh, out of the fryer and into the frying pan or whatever that analogy is. Anyway, long story short, maybe we'll get another Friday the 13th movie down the line. Who knows? Hopefully. Um, this is coming off of some interesting news. Uh, Kino Cult is, uh, coming to your streaming services soon. It is a streaming service for free from Kino Lorber. Um, this looks fun. Kino Cult will distribute the darkest thrills of visionary mi- midnight cinema to fans at home. With our vast library built over 40 years and key partner labels in many genre specialties, we have enormous potential to hi- hyper serve genre audiences. The most passionate of all film lovers with a selection of both new and rare films that they can't find anywhere else in incandescent HD. You will no longer need to live in a big city with great repertory theater to have access to this kind of curated cult gems that we are able to offer to you for free. Um, it's interesting. Um, it sounds like they're going to be offering films such as A Girl Walks Alone, Home Alone at Night, uh, Dog Tooth, Welcome to the Circle. Beasts clawing at straws forbidden room um chained for life uh let the corpses tan so a lot of like recent uh stuff that's come out um in the independent circuit but they're also going to have stuff like mario bava's films such as bay of blood black sabbath black sunday a whole selection of exploitation cinema 60s espionage films 70s and 80s flashbacks witchcraft and devil worships films so we're, we're in for quite a treat i'm glad that it's free that's actually a really cool idea i'm assuming it's ad supported but you
1: know
2: that i don't know ryan you gonna give it a shot
1: no free yeah why not
2: yeah sure maybe we could do a review of it and uh see how we all enjoy it um and then moving on uh amc is taking a page out of the alamo draft house book and doing their own surprise screenings uh for the month of october the thrills and chills banner is inviting moviegoers to embrace their scary side with a wide variety of films from all across the globe Uh, the statement says on all October join AMC thrills and chills for horror surprise screenings, get your tickets now for only $5 plus tax and sit down to enjoy a terrifying unknown selection, horror classics, new releases and cult favorites and so much more. Um, they have listed all the dates in which this will be occurring, uh, and only the run times. So they are revealing the run times, but not the movie. Um, There is speculation that at least one of these titles is it chapter two, because the runtime is two hours and 49 minutes, which makes a lot of sense. Um, But there is also speculation that Halloween kills may be among the uh, other surprise screenings. So we'll have to see. I don't know. I'd be willing to give it a shot at at a certain point with Halloween kills coming out so close um, in the next week or two weeks or so. I highly doubt that it's going to be a secret screening of that movie anytime soon. So, and I don't know if I can take the risk on any, any given day, but I don't know, Ryan, you want to give it a shot and just try one random one out of the blue?
1: I'm always down to do that stuff.
2: <laughs> it's mainly coming on Fridays and Wednesdays. So Friday nights and Wednesday nights. So we'll, right, we'll figure both out those days. Good. I'm fucked. Well, there you go. Then I guess I'm <laughs> going alone or with Brad. And I guess in that case, I'll just go alone.
0: <laughs> um, Cold. Yeah,
2: I know. Um, now I have a very specific piece of news. Oddly enough, this is straight. This is oddly specific. Um, the headline reads, uh, the, the company that holds the rights to the evil dead franchise wants Ryan Frost to live in poverty. Yes. The news is coming out of the, uh, evil dead world that there will be an evil dead groovy collection that will feature the evil dead evil dead two and the complete evil dead tv series ash versus evil dead series on 4k ultra hd blu-ray and digital when asked why they were putting out the uh releases the company responded we want ryan Fos- frost to live in poverty and to not raise his child properly uh so ryan how do you respond to such a um a, a boisterous attack on your wallet
1: bastards <laughs>
2: <laughs> i think if um. you have it, i think if you don't have the tv collection i the the box art looks awesome and it's coming from yeah.
1: Lionsgate, so there is some I like book with get it, it. it too. But mm-hmm. I, I don't. I mean, I'm I'm not going to get it because I own all that stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. I said that about the steel books, but <laughs> I, I I think it's like ninety dollars. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, it looks awesome.
2: Yeah, and it does look like it's having. It still contains all the special features. So really, you are just buying this for new packaging and stuff. Uh, there is an additional quote. When asked um, what she thought of the news, Laura Frost responded, "Motherfucker, better not."
1: <laughs> I I just yeah, can't well,
2: believe your wife talked to Slash Film.
1: <laughs> my, uh, the Scream Factory is still supposed to be releasing Army of Darkness in 4K sometime next year, so that's the one I'll hold out, hold out for.
2: Oh yeah, that's right. I do have an article here that uh, Scream Factory said, "Fuck Ryan Fl- Frost and his stupid money." <laughs> Damn it! I knew it. I don't. I don't. I don't appreciate the news being hostile to only you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the last piece of news, I think, is the most important um, news of all time. In 2007, there was a movie called The Bee Movie uh, with Jerry Seinfeld, and it's about a bee who sues humanity for honey. Uh, and the movie contained a lot of sexual overtones regarding a relationship between a bee and a human. Um, if you don't think this is the case, rewatch that movie. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld made an, uh, an overtly delayed apology on the sexual nature of the B movie. He said, I apologize for what seems to be a certain uncomfortable, subtle sexual aspect of the B movie, which really was not intentional. But after it came out, I realized this is really not appropriate for children because the B seems to have a thing for the girl. We don't really want to pursue that as an idea in children's entertainment. <laughs>
1: um sure why, why,
2: why now <laughs> you went this long without apologizing for it I don't understand <laughs> it's the B movie I don't think anybody remembers B movie
1: <laughs> yeah except for I, me because I'm just I like it's I've Jerry Seinfeld it, as a I, don't B. Know.
2: I mean did you, I went to the theater went, my dad and I went because we're big Seinfeld fans so of course we went but I it didn't really like affect me to keep remembering it so Anyway, that's news.
1: Watch the movies are out on Blu-ray this week. DVD releases of Blu-ray.
2: All righty, all righty, all righty. Our October 5th release date uh, comes with some wonderful selection. The Monster World. For example, you can get the 4K edition of the Universal Classic Monsters. Uh, This contains Dracula, Frankenstein, the Invisible Man, and the Wolfman. Surprisingly, no Bride of Frankenstein, but maybe we'll get a Volume 2 if y'all fucking buy it. Um... And we are also getting the Steelbook releases of the 4K transfers of several of the Halloween films, including Halloween 1, Halloween 2, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, and Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers, complete with wonderful new Steelbook art and new 4K transfers for a lot of these sequels. So I don't think they're uh, Steelbooks. I
1: think they're uh, like hard cardboard. Oh, really? Yeah.
2: Oh, I thought they were Steelbooks. Oh, that's that sucks
1: okay Where i'm still getting them
2: that's what it's i thought that's what it said on the press release oh well whatever. <laughs> anyway buy the buy those movies anyway support these 4k transfers maybe they'll get the rest of the series in 4k for me even though i don't really need halloween resurrection on a 4k uh tex avery screwball classics collection volume three is coming to you from warner archive i know ryan's already got that uh coming his way
1: be here tomorrow <laughs> Yep, with super what? monkey ball banana mm-hmm. mania yeah,
2: there you go. You can this also a
1: monkey from... ball game. Yeah, it's like uh, for the Switch. Um, it's not the
0: Banana Blitz one.
1: No, it's called uh, Banana Mania. It's the twentieth uh, anniversary of Monkey Ball. Um, what does one do in Monkey Ball? You're inside a you're a monkey inside a ball, and you have to collect bananas. It's kind of like Marble Madness, but with monkeys. Okay, and,
0: and you roll them to their deaths. As they drown slowly yep. in the ocean.
1: So it's um, basically <laughs> a uh, remaster of all the monkey balls and there's 300 stages and um, it has 12 mini games and it comes with a really cool like uh, packaging. It has like a little art book with it. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I, uh, Brad and I used to play this on the GameCube all the time damn
0: really yeah
1: this has
2: been this was a gamecube game
1: yeah yeah
2: the fuck <sighs> you get into video games i guess um moving on uh shout factory is putting out a Don knots five film collection this includes the ghost of mr chicken the reluctant astronaut the shakiest gun in the west the uh the love god question mark and, and how to fi- frame a fig uh all coming to you through the shout factory uh, collection there, uh, you can also get on 4K the Hunt for Red October, starring Sean Connery and Alec Baldwin. um uh, I don't know if this is a Paramount Classics thing or not. It doesn't. Oh, Ryan, is this a Paramount Classics thing? Doesn't look like oh, which it. one. I'm sorry, Hunt for Red October.
1: oh uh, I think I think is it a 4K? I don't remember.
2: I don't know. It's a it's a 4K. So I'm guessing it's not the Classics Collection or whatever. Um, no, that's weird. But anyway, you can pick that up if you'd like. Uh, Shop Factory or Screen Factory is putting out Elvira's Haunted Hills, um, which I guess I didn't realize how many Elvira movies there were. I thought there was the one, but uh, I guess this is a- another one, Ryan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, one. So the, the Mistress of Dark, I think, is the second one. I forget how it plays, but it came out like in 91. Mm
2: hmm. Okay. So then I guess I'll just have to, I've never really been a vampire guy or, uh, Elvira guy, but I'll have to check it out. I am a vampire guy because of that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I like the, um, the first movie's fun.
2: Okay. Sweet.
1: Maybe I'll check them out.
2: Uh, Phantasm one and two is coming to you from Wellgo USA in a special, uh, bundle pack. Um, I still need to see these movies. They still look like a lot of fun. Uh, We're getting a new release in 4K of American Psycho uh, featuring some new artwork there. If you would like to check that out, you can. Uh, I guess the Dune release uh, is coming to you from uh, Arrow on Blu-ray and 4K. I thought this was already released, but I guess this is the non-standard or the non-special edition or something. Anyway, you can get David Lynch's Dune.
1: Uh, Arrow does that a lot where they have a limited edition one, and then a few months later they release the hey, if you want to get it but not spend the 50 bucks, here's the $30 version.
2: Gotcha. All right. Well, if you want to pick that up, you can. You can also get, as a new release from this year, Escape Room, Terminator Champions, Champions, uh, the fa- sequel to the film that I forgot existed, and I'm sure everybody else forgot existed. But if you want to check it out, you can. Uh, you can also get Scream Pretty Peggy with Betty Davis from Kino Lorber, 1973 film. Uh, you can also pick up, wow, what the heck happened to my thing here? You can get the stand mini series from CBS All Access on Blu ray. Um, I have not seen it yet, but I would like to watch it for Mick Garris' little cameo there. Uh, uh, and I just
1: want to point out, I'm just scrolling through stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I said Super Monkey Ball has 12 mini games. I'm sorry, it's 12 appealing mini games. <laughs>
2: Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to play monkey ball now. How dare they make jokes? It's a banana that that,
1: that peels. Get it? Yeah, yeah, yes. Yes. Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now, Ryan, additionally, when I said those universal monster, uh, 4k pack, you can also get individual, uh, releases of these in steelbook form at Best Buy. Are they uh, the 4k versions? Yes, they are. The hmm. artwork is, um, it's just, it's just the monster. Um, So it doesn't have any cool like poster title artwork or anything, Um, but it's basically the uh, images of them that adorn the front of that four pack individualized and specified to their specific monster. Um, I kind of would rather have the ones that you got and just get the discs and replace them.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, the, the Alex Ross ones are amazing.
2: I know. And I regret not getting them, but I'll have to live with my failure. Um, as I do on every day. Um but um and then you can also get from this year Space Jam a new legacy in 4K. So if you want to watch any semblance of footage from Casablanca in 4K, you can pick this up for twenty bucks just to watch approximately five seconds of Ingrid Bergman. <laughs> and uh that is Blu-rays.
1: We watch films and stuff throughout the week in a segment I call what you've been watching. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Brad, what you been watching?
0: Uh, a bunch of stuff, uh, mostly horror movies. Just kidding. Um, nice. <laughs> uh, what if? I finally got cut up on what if? And finally, uh, with the current episode, you know, one of the things I've been missing from this series is some kind of connection to like a larger picture. and huh? that was revealed this week when it, it seems was. like the fourth wall has been broken and it seems like this animated world might actually be another part of the multiverse. So yeah, that's exciting. Uh Yeah,
1: it's um it has this interesting uh thing to it where it's um you know that the Ultron vision can see into the multiverse. Yeah. And uh yeah.
0: Like I said, I think uh, you weren't here last week, but I think when I was talking about what if I was like, it, one of the cool things about what if is they have, you know, you can look at the background of some of the shots and the watcher is off of the distance watching what's going on. And mm-hmm. that's like a haunting image. But the fact that like it's now part of like, like he's in his own universe and the characters in that can break through is just like nice
1: yeah it was interesting because you know the the watcher is supposed to be extremely powerful but all he does is watch so i, I mean you know kind it's of a pointless permer. dude but...
0: <laughs> i thought it was just a narrator you know just someone yeah created for the show to just be a, a guide and it's it's becoming a character in the actual plot
1: so yeah it's it's really interesting uh because it's it's Kind of whiplash because the Thor bro episode was really just silly. That then... is the
0: most fun what if I've watched so far. <laughs> like, he's just trying to, like, he's basically like a college pro dude who, lived, yeah, um, is, is, is on spring break basically. Yeah, it's great, it's fun. Um, yes, yeah, so that's good. Uh, oh, where'd my window go? Yeah, I watched that and I watched Irresistible, which was the Jon Stewart Steve Carell uh oh, yeah. Rose Byrne movie. That I think Ryan watched. Yeah, that's Um fun. yeah, it's fun. Um, you know, the whole time I was kinda of waiting for Steve Carell to be like revealed as like grifting these people. And in a way he kind of was, but it was it was even better when it turns out the town was <laughs> grifting them.
1: Yeah. I do love Rose Burns character in that.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's just such a dick. <laughs> yeah. Um the and then like the different endings was weird, but whatever. But yeah, it was, it was just like a fun, like basically just an excuse to explain the idea that like, hey, just turn your town to a super pack so you can like fund your town. Uh, unfortunately yep. <laughs> most people who need to know that strategy won't watch it, so <laughs> um, I don't think so. There's that um i watched the season premiere of snl with owen wilson that was a lot of fun uh huge huge cast a lot of new people um don't know how they expect all these people to be on there like kate mckinnon wasn't even in this in the episode (laughs) really (laughs) isn't she a
1: featured player
0: yeah there's like a lot of featured players that like are listed but they actually don't didn't get any screen time which is crazy like the new people um repertory actually got a ton of you know, time time to showcase this week um
1: I guess maybe that's so people can see what the new people can do
0: yeah know. well one of them does the Biden impression so like that's a guaranteed like you know you're gonna be a star real quick um mm-hmm. but uh yeah overall it was weird to like yeah Kate McKinnon wasn't on I forget who else uh, Beck Bennett left the show so he wasn't there but uh yeah, Keenan Thompson. Oh no, he had he had a he was in a film sketch and a live one. Um Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it was, it was a fun show and Owen Wilson was fun and then he he flubbed a couple of lines, but um came back strong. He's probably the best like You know how like you watch SNL and you could see the hosts like really relying heavily on the cue cards off stage? <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, almost did too, but like, he really felt like it. Like he didn't need them. You know, if I, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Like yeah. you catch him glancing, but he was still like a really, like falling character every time. So there's a great sketch where he's doing like voiceover for Cars Four, and like. Uh, <laughs> You know, he says "ciao," and the audience goes nuts. And then, like the the you know, they haven't they don't have a full script for cars before; they're just getting random lines and for the animators to start animating with. And they basically turned uh, Light McQueen into a sex predator. <laughs> so he's just like getting these like horrible things, like, uh, you know, man, I, I didn't realize your daughter's in college now. So she looks way younger and stuff like that. He's just like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to say them all, but
2: is <laughs> yeah. the sketch online? I want to watch this now. Oh yeah, they're all online. <laughs>
0: yeah. Pretty much whenever they air, like within minutes, they cut them up on YouTube. And if you want to watch this this full episode in its entirety, uh, actually go to Hulu because mm-hmm. on on Peacock they still do it as like separate clips. So like you'll watch Weekend Update and they'll be all out of order. Oh. Which is kind of frustrating because they'll yeah, break it up into like. Odd. Hey, we had this like special correspondent on, so they'll just like cut that part into its own thing.
1: So oh, that's yeah. neat. And they did yeah. a little
0: little tribute to uh Norm MacDonald, obviously. It's part of the show. Very good. So yeah. And then uh I watched Vampire Hunter D as my first uh challenge movie to get at Ryan and uh yeah, uh it's dated. Um you know, I, I like if you heard my film in two thousand one. I, I enjoy Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust better because the animation's better um, and the story is a little more succinct. Um, this one, is kind of similar. You know, D is a vampire hunter, and uh, he doesn't really get hired by the town in this one. He just wanders through and has to kill vampires and demons and whatever uh, out of survival. And it just happens to coincide with this town who uh, I think the girl's name is Rose Doris and Um and her little brother. Um, and they're, uh she gets uh, selected and bitten by the count Lee. Uh, who's like the most bored vampire ever. Like he's just <laughs> bored with existing like, and the animation is just, he's usually sitting on a throne with his hand on his chin and like the mouth just moves. Because, you know, it's like 1985 and it's kind of like how anime was in 1985. But, yeah, all the scenes are just like, you're just sitting there looking bored, saying everything, you know, in the voiceover that's more exciting than, yeah, it's pretty weak. Uh,
2: I'd love to see a bored vampire. I still need to see this.
0: Yeah. And also, I was thinking, like, how is he, like, old? Like, wouldn't a vampire just always be young? You know? Uh, it's It's not like he's struggling for... People to bite, like he's clearly been doing that. So, well,
2: I mean, di- didn't Bram Stoker's Dracula Ryan have him reducing in age the more he consumed?
1: Yeah. So, I guess, uh, I mean, in that one, it's because he needed to feed more. And then the more he fed, the more he became young Gary Oldman
2: rather than Mr. Burns Gary Oldman. Yes. <laughs> yeah um so maybe the same logic there i don't know well I, th- I don't know
0: that's why i'm asking like that's why i'm confused it's like this count lee guy he looks like he's 70 or 80 years old in the movie he's drawn that way but like his backstory is that he's like a ten thousand year old vampire who has been feeding on people constantly like he has not been starving so shouldn't he just be a young guy <laughs> like is he I still mean- bored that he just doesn't hunt anymore and He hasn't been eating.
2: Can't a a Dracula have the ability to get old and have regrets too, Brad? I mean, you ever (laughs) think of that?
0: I mean, he he doesn't. His character doesn't seem like someone who's trying to get out of it. Like he bit Doris so that he could get uh, a new bride and continue being Count Lee, (laughs) rain rain terror over everyone.
2: Maybe maybe in the Vampire D universe, vampires are allowed to age, but slowly. So maybe ten thousand years equates to seventy years our time? I don't know. I, I don't know.
0: I don't know. The movie does have like more weird monsters in it, which is cool than Bloodlust. Um, but it also mm. drags on because they're not as a part of the story, you know, it's it's kinda like deal wander through an event and um, you know, just some random like blob monster will drop out of the sky and we'll have a scene of fighting that. So mm.
2: I mean uh... Short of digging up Bram Stoker and bringing him back to life to answer these questions, I don't think we're ever going to know the full answer.
1: (laughs) Well, I think well, every vampire movie plays by its own rules.
2: Yeah, that's true. For example, see Twilight's one, two, three, four, five.
0: Yeah, this one D gets his hand cut off, crawls over, sews itself back on. Multiple characters get stabbed through the chest. They they survive another day. So. The rules are ambiguous and <laughs> unnecessary.
1: Sometimes, just enjoy the ride.
0: Yep. Um, yeah, I think that's all I watched this week. Oh, Ted Lasso, Finultimate um, episode to the season. Uh, weird, weird time to like put all these new developments in place <laughs> to to uh, maybe resolve them all in the next in the season finale. It's just, yeah. Um. So suddenly there's just all kinds of complications between people's relationships in the penultimate episode that they didn't bother to to drag out through the whole season so I'm just like oh god what are we in store for next week to wrap all this up it's going to be devastating
1: hmm. um, that or it's cliffhangers for uh, next season
0: yeah I imagine there's going to be at least one cliffhanger like yeah one storyline is going to get uh,
1: dragged into extended. season 3
0: but, I mean, you just like five new things came up <laughs> in this episode. They're just like, "Oh man, like now you're gonna put like a wedge between Roy and Keeley before the
1: yeah, I mean, if you season. really want to know what's going on in it, you can see Corinne's spoilerific tweet Twitter feed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> She's vague enough where I still don't know what's going on. I just know Jason Sudeikis, isn't it,
0: yeah. I get, yeah, I guess if you, if you're someone who wants to enjoy this show cold, yeah, it's spoiler, but I, I don't think a Ted Lasso is like a series that's just like hinges on surprises, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's not that bad, but yeah.
2: is it more complicated than the blacklist?
0: Uh, do no. not mention <laughs> that fucking show.
2: <laughs>
0: no, Ted Lasso is uh, apparently right now really about like mental health. So. Um I mean, that the other show
2: I mentioned is about mental health too, and the fact that it drives Ryan nuts.
0: <laughs> I mean that it, that is a complicated subject, but it's not like it's not convoluted <laughs> like the blacklist <laughs> is where it's just like uh any character can get anywhere they want at any time and then yeah,
2: so, so get a Marvel character with magic.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. just have to watch the blacklist to understand
2: (laughs) okay fair enough
0: (laughs) like how convenient a lot of things are um yeah and actually i watched what we do in the shadows season three weeks ago and that was a lot of fun so check that out that's all i watched zach
2: all right not a whole lot um i uh as i've mentioned before i'm helping out the punk rock horror podcast for the month of october and uh, in prepping for it, I checked out some art house horror that I hadn't seen, and it helped kick off my own October festival of horror. So I watched for the first time the Oz Perkins movie "I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House." Um, the story involves a woman who comes to take care of an aged author with dementia, and she's sifting through her books and realizes that one of her one of the books that the woman wrote is something that the ghost uh, a ghost told to her. And so the ghost is still living in the house. Um, it's very, I liked it a lot. It's not the greatest thing I've seen, but it was it was interesting just to watch an 87 minute kind of mood piece. Um, Ryan, you, you kind of got me on the Oz Perkins train with uh, the Black Coat's daughter. And I feel like it has the same vibe, but it's allowed to sit more. Because it's primarily just located in that one house.
1: Um, yeah, he's not a director that is concerned about moving things quickly.
2: No, he's not. But, like, have you seen this one or have you only seen Black Coat's Daughter?
1: Uh, I have not seen that one.
2: Um, I'm curious. I, I, the,
1: the poster always intrigues me, though.
2: Yeah, I, I'm curious to know what you think because it goes in for um, more artistic aesthetic in certain moments, but there are other other moments that are played very well for tension. Um, there's flashback sequences in it that get very bloody, but not gory. Um, and there's an unnerving sense of dread because of the way the main character is narrating the circumstances. Um, so it's a, it's a movie that I recommend people check out if you've got Netflix. Um, it's a, uh, it's got a, it's got Lucy Boynton and Bob Balaban in there. If you need some names to go with it. Um, but Oz, Oz Perkins is a talented director. I liked uh, Gretel and Hansel and I liked Blackcoat's Daughter. So I'm glad to be caught up with his work in that respect. Um, I pulled up my Shutter account for the first time in ever, like forever. I really haven't used Shutter, but I've been paying for it all this time. Um, I guess for $5.99, it's not a bad deal overall. And I watched an original movie on there called Fried Berry, uh, from the director of Doomsday. Um, it's a pretty intriguing film. I, I got a kick out of it. Um, it's about a, a drug, de- a, a drug user in Cape Town who gets abducted by aliens, probed, inhabited by aliens, and he goes about a day in Cape Town, um, <laughs> having sex with random people, partying too much. Uh, rehabilitating the relationship that uh, the Barry character has with his wife and kid um, and saving a whole group of kidnapped children from a, from a weird guy wielding a chainsaw. Um, It's a very trippy out there movie, um, very much an episodic affair. The horror elements in it are a lot of fun, but a lot of the other uh, visual aesthetic in it is just ramping up the intensity and trying to push anxiety it looks like it kind of tries to go for the same vibe that uncut gems has in terms of how it keeps going and never stops. Um, there's some unique traits in it, like halfway through this hour and 40 minute movie, you get an intermission that's all trippy and spacey and whatnot. Um, so it was interesting. I was, I was glad for the blind dive in. Um, it, it's quite an interesting film. If you want to check it out, I don't, I, I think if you're not into. uh uh, bottle pieces that have a lot of chaotic imagery like that. I don't think it's going to be up your alley, but if you're able to go on that kind of ride, I think you'll be surprised by how uh innovative it is with what it has to work with. Um, and then I, Ryan, I'm happy to announce that I broke my vinegar syndrome cherry with a title called the house of Usher from 1989. Um hmm. The reason I picked this up at the Colorado Festival Horror along with other titles, this one I picked because I saw Donald Pleasance's name in the credits and I've not seen every Donald Pleasance movie. So I'm appreciating getting to find new ones each time. In this one, he's with Oliver Reed and it's basically a recreation of the House of Usher, um, with some small retooling, uh, to change up characters that are in the house with the family. Um, and it's set in the eighties um the production is cheap uh you can tell that the sets are made of cardboard um that are supposed to be stone um however there is something about the ambition that i appreciate um because with sound design when it was released in the 80s with whatever a film print might look like depending on the condition I guess you could feasibly have gotten away with it, but you can, you can feel where they're cutting corners. You can feel where it's not up to snuff with a classic horror movie. It's, I think it's why vinegar syndrome is founded and restored it. Um, I think it is worth watching just to watch some of the performances by Oliver Reed and Donald Pleasance. Uh, Donald Pleasance is the brother um, of uh, the main usher, Roderick, but it's changed from the sister to the brother in this book in this version and Donald Pleasance has a screwdriver hand that he uses to kill people with. And it's insane. And he does a little dance with it. And it's quite a sight to see. Um, and at only like 80 something minutes, it doesn't take up much of your time. Um, I was very, very uh, the big off put that I have was that the tone goes up and down zigzagging in a way that doesn't benefit it. Um, there is this very intense scene where, um, the butler of the usher house and his wife, who's a maid there are having, you know, a fight and a snap back and forth with each other. And they're having a small domestic quarrel. And then out of nowhere, he just grabs her hand and then shoves it into a meat grinder and starts turning the meat grinder. And you think that her hand is going through it, but it's actually just leftover meat. And he lets go of her hand and says, next time Then so the movie shifts tones constantly from calm to fucking 500. Um, so yeah, if you're looking for a blind buy from Vinegar Syndrome, I guess you can't go wrong here. I'm glad I own it because I like having a piece of Donald, South- uh, Donald Pleasant's material in the house, but I don't know how to recommend it fully to people. But I'm glad that Vinegar Syndrome put it out because it seems like nobody else would have. Uh, and then the last thing, things that I watched were for Ballyhoo, I rewatched The Invisible Man. Mr. Ryan Frost and I talked about it on the show and you'll be able to hear that in October because the entire month of October is horror themed. You will be getting Bride of Frankenstein. You will be getting Dracula. You will be getting Invisible Man and you will be getting The Thing from Another World. So it's a big old month full of monsters. Um, and then the last thing I watched for Ballyhoo was I revisited The Hustler. Um, I had not seen that movie in a long time, Ryan. It's a lot sadder than I remembered. remember. <laughs> <Yep>. I, I <laughs> I I always knew that the that movie was sad, and The Color of Money has similar sad elements. But I just forgot about how much Piper Laurie gets mentally kicked the shit out of in that movie, but leading to her leading to what happens to her in the movie. And uh, also, I'm so used to remembering the Minnesota Fats relationship that I forget that George C. Scott's a much bigger part of that movie as Bert. It's just like the hustler is just not something I go back to that often. So going back to it, I appreciate it more off more now than I did then, because it's about addiction and about him finding self-awareness and it's going to make my rewatch of the color of money even better because I'm just going to be able to embrace this now as an adult and not as a high schooler trying to get into movies. So, um, so yeah, a lot of fun. If you haven't seen the hustler, check it out. I know Ryan likes it. So if you need two rec nerd recommendations, there it is. And, uh, that's all I've been watching.
1: Two out of three nerds can't be wrong. Also, by
2: the way, Ryan, I don't know if you remember it, Jackie Gleason's performance in the movie, but he is so fucking understated. It's amazing. Yeah, that's no, he's, good. He's, it's, I love it. I love it when he just, when he just acquiesces to Felson's talent at the end. It's just this small gesture of like, I get it, bro. And then he just walks off and he leaves Bert to be a fucking sad, lonely action addict.
1: It's just <laughs> fantastic. Anyway, yeah, uh yeah, uh, I was traveling a lot, so I saw only a few things. Uh, I've been watching Buffy, Buffy's a lot of fun. Um, season four is maybe my least favorite season of Buffy, uh, just because the big big bad in it is this group called the Initiative. It's just boring, and then there's a really my least favorite episode is one called Beer Bad. And the premise is is a bartender is serving the Neanderthals of college beer that turns them into cave people. Uh I think I thought just because the cave people like stuff drove me crazy. But as I was re-watching the episode, I realized what drove me crazy is Buffy pining over this douchebag that she uh slept with and he you know ignored her, like ghosted her. And it's just really out of character for her. And it's, I think that's what really bothered me about the episode. I could care less about, I guess, the cave people. Uh, I watched, I've been watching uh, Spidey and His Amazing Friends, which is a preschool Spider Man TV show.
0: Sorry, I was going to say, because of Buffy, um, Anthony Head is a prominent character in Ted Lasso.
1: Oh, he's awesome.
0: Yeah. Sorry, continue. Um,
1: No, that's fine. No, see, now that you say stuff like that, I said I should watch it on your recommendation, not Karen's and that uh, Anthony Head is in it.
0: I know for weeks um, I've been like, I keep trying to tell Ryan that the guy from Buffy's in the show and like it's made by people from scrubs. Like, it seems like something you should be watching.
2: Yeah. Ryan, what if I told you that Bruce Campbell is in every Jack Benny movie? <laughs> yep.
0: Yep. Happening. <laughs> uh, I don't believe but, you, but.
1: <laughs> but I'm going to watch everyone just to see. Um, <laughs> I'm just putting an earworm in there. Uh, but (laughs) Spidey and his amazing friends is just silly Um, they all have so it's Spider-Man Spider, Gwen and Miles are all in it and but they all have small kid voices so it's it's really cute Um, and then the villains in it whether it's the Green Goblin or Doc Ock or something their dastardy plans are stealing a book from the library because <laughs> there's a passage in it that he wants and the pumpkin bombs they don't blow up they just cover i mean it if you take it the wrong way it i i giggle at it they it's they get covered in Goblin goo <laughs> and uh <laughs> and the other ones he throws release giggle gas so They laugh too hard while he's like taking like ice cream or something from the ice cream man. Um,
2: Is is it a little kid version of Willem Dafoe?
1: (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, He's not. No, the Green Goblin in it is not insane at all. He's literally just a a goofy little kid who steals ice cream. Um, (laughs) But there's some charm to it. Like it's like pretty cute uh on the uh horror movie side i saw uh, um the hunt which i watched with my wife and my wife enjoyed it if you haven't seen it it's about these (laughs) my wife uh these people that are kidnapped and placed in a field and they're being hunted by uh liberals and all the people that are put in the field are um deplorables but they make a mistake. Oh, I shouldn't say Um, anyways, this one person uh, fights back. And my wife really liked this part where uh, the main character, she figures out that she's not where they say they are because the price of cigarettes isn't the right amount. And she jumps over and she points the gun at one of the bad people. And the lady says, no, please. And she said, how did you know? And she said, uh, a pack of cigarettes cost six dollars in Arkansas. You done fucked up, bitch. And uh, (laughs) my wife thought it was really funny. Um, did Laura Laura used to smoke, right? She did,
2: yeah. So then that, yeah, a joke that when I saw that in the theater, I giggled too because I'm like, yeah, I'd call that out. (laughs) Uh,
1: yeah, but the movie's really fun. Uh, I know Brad didn't like it as much as I did, but um. Rewatching it and the <laughs> i had a lot of fun with the uh liberal elites uh some of their banter back and forth when they're in the bunker <laughs> and uh it's you have to see it it's it's really funny um
0: the audacity that it has to it call itself a horror movie when battle <laughs> royale is not even classified as a horror movie i just uh, god i know yeah well god
1: Telling you, telling you. <laughs>
2: Br- Brad, Brad Blumhouse knows what it's doing. And also, Ryan, does this mean The Hunger Games is a horror movie? <laughs> uh, I mean, it could be considered one, I guess.
0: It might as well be if we're going to call The Hunt
2: a horror movie. <laughs> What's the horrifying part of Hunger Games? Donald Sutherland's male- malevolent attitude?
0: <laughs> Sitting through it.
2: <laughs> uh, hey oh.
1: um Yeah, <laughs> and... Oh man, I literally just lost my train of thought. Um, I watched another horror film this week. And uh, luckily, I keep track of them uh, somewhere in my feed.
0: Yeah, Hunger Games, action adventure sci fi, not horror. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And my other one was another uh, Blumhouse is uh, Freaky, which is um, Vince Vaughn is a serial killer, kind of like Jason, and he stabs a girl with a. Aztec Knife, and they switch bodies. So um, it's a really fun movie, and it's pretty gory. And If you like slasher films, it's kind of a fun little take on the slasher genre. Agreed.
2: I liked it in Uh, RPX.
1: Yeah, it's fun. Um, And that's all I watched this week. (laughs) This week on Real Nerds, we went and saw Venom let there be carnage brad do you recommend venom 2 uh
0: not really um (laughs) one of the few times that i uh sat down and scribbled out all my thoughts in great detail about this movie which you can read on letterboxd and i I did read
1: those on letterboxd because i saw you had a review
0: oh did you You uh yeah it's pretty long uh Thank you to Jacob for liking it, um, and I'll post it on Real Nerds at some point. But I, yeah, uh, I had some problems with it, and I was really bored for, through a lot of it. And I had a lot of fun with the, the the original, the the first one, but this one was just like, what a waste. Um, I mean, I'm not I'm not familiar that well with Carnage from the comics or Venom really from the comics, but uh, you know. I would have assumed Carnage was more of a threat and more interesting than what we
1: got. So yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah. You assume wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, Zach, do you recommend Venom too? I just I can't keep on saying let there be carnage. I hate that subtitle.
0: They said it enough in the movie. Ven- they sure Venom did.
1: Ba-
2: Venom but ba- <laughs> the French title. Um you know what? I liked it more than Venom 1. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with Andy Circus being behind the camera and bringing something else to it. Because this movie felt 10 times better in terms of its attitude and what it's looking to do with Venom. Um, I had more fun with the character of Eddie Brock this time around. Um, I am not... Venom literate. I have no idea how much of this pertains to the comics itself or what Carnage's representation is. I looked at this solely as a solid B movie superhero movie, which I think that they fully understood what that's what it was after the reception of the first one, because the first one is just to me felt like a mess. And this one felt like it cleaned up the mess and understood it's allowed to be silly and allowed to push some boundary this movie felt like it should have been rated R at many times throughout the the screening and I was like I'm amazed they got away with the PG-13 rating on this um but uh but there's it's small things it's nothing big it's not when he says fuck it's more just like there's just certain elements where I'm like if you let that scene go on a little longer you can get some blood and guts out of that thing um but again since I'm in the minority on this one I I already guys know your guys' thoughts on it from letterboxd star rating Um, I guess I'm the the lone person who says, like, I would see it if you're interested in continuing the Venom mythos and you want to see what Andy Serkis did with it. But the movie still has flaws, much like the first one did. And I mean, overall, it's I don't think it's going to fully stick with me weeks down the line into film explosion. So, I mean, sure. Why not? If you got nothing else to do until Halloween Kills comes out, which will be the superior October movie. Um, Then, yeah, I guess uh, go right ahead.
0: I'd, I'd like to add because I shit on it a bunch. Like it was fun. Like the fun part is watching Eddie Brock and Venom fight each other. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about the R rating, I went to the kiosk to get my ticket and it asked me if I was old enough to watch the movie. I was like, did I miss <laughs> something? Was Venom rated R? That's cool. I guess we'll actually see like, uh, Cass- Cassidy do some awesome kills, right? And then I watched the movie expecting gore and violence at an R rated level. I was like, this is pretty PG 13 tame. And I was right. It is still PG 13.
2: I think it's, I I'm looking at it at a matter of how certain shots are composed and certain things that they're attempting to do with the brutality. Again, it, and a lot of it has to do with what carnage is implying.
1: It's not necessarily what carnage does. Um, yeah, no, I mean, (laughs) this movie is the same problem I have with the first venom is I actually think it's kind of a chaotic mess and um where i think tom hardy gives a very committed performance i actually think the banter between him and venom is kind of headache inducing and venom's trying to be funny and i don't think he's that funny um my problem with it too is being a big spider-man fan is to answer your question brad no carnage isn't that more deep just like venom isn't that deep of a character um And, yeah, I mean, it was okay. Um, Yep, (laughs) it's okay. Here's the trailer for Venom 2. Lady, we should be out there snacking on bad guys. I am a predator. I need to be free. You have got to get control of your aggression.
2: Or you will get hauled off into Area 51.
1: You live in my body. You live by my rules. I'm sorry. I don't know what came over me. Please let me fix it. So I can fix it again. You are a loser.
2: Eddie Brock.
0: I want to give you my story.
1: People love Serial killers.
0: Please. Why me? What's mine is yours. And what's yours is mine. I have tasted blood before and that is not it. All I ever wanted in This world is carnage.
2: I'm not a crazy man. I'm a
1: vengeful one. shit! Where are you going? That is a red one! You need to come out right now. I will let you eat everybody! Promise! I promise! Oh yeah!
0: Betty,
2: you feel like home to me.
0: Like family. Oh, wow. You could just say, I'm happy for you. That was going to be us.
1: I am happy for you. No! God, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry! These two some
0: serious couples counseling. Brian, can I do a synopsis? Yes. So, Venom, Let There Be Carnage is about a convicted serial killer who wants to marry his reform, st- reform school sweetheart. Meanwhile, the odd couple featuring Eddie and Venom fight, break up, and fall in love. They foil an interracial wedding. The end. Directed by Andy Serkis.
1: Spot on. That's the plot. <laughs> That's what happened. Yeah, it's... Um... <laughs> Sorry. I, they... <laughs> I, I, the one thing I will say about this film that I did appreciate is it got to the point of the film really quickly. Um... There wasn't a lot of, like, fluff. but it it, was very brisk. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Like, he was over already.
1: The problem, too, is... um, You don't... I I know Carnage in the comics is stronger than Spider-Man and Venom. But they... At the end, when, you know, Venom's fighting him, he doesn't want to fight him because he's like, he'll kill us because he's red. He doesn't really explain it. And then he decides he's going to fight because... (laughs) eddie brock says he can eat the people and so but when he's fighting he's such a little bitch he just gets his ass kicked the whole time and he ends up winning because cletus and carnage can't work together because carnage wants to kill cletus's wife and cletus is fighting him about it
2: is is (laughs) is Cletus's
1: is is
2: is, is cletus's wife an x-man ryan
1: uh, she had, does have ties to it she really became popular in um, th- this story is from 1994 Maximum Carnage where they had her and Carnage were like husband and wife and they quote unquote adopted other supervillains to raise Carnage in the streets of Manhattan ah, and nice. my God. it That's, was like
0: I thought she was created for this movie
1: no she's uh it, maximum carnage was a 14 part series in spider-man and it was everything that the 90s of comics are where it's really like bombastic and the storyline isn't that deep
0: they turned into a um, video game
1: they did and the video game is a beat 'em up it's all right <laughs> did
0: you like uh fight carnage at a church during his wedding at the end in the game
1: no no hmm. um but yeah, it's, uh, I, I don't know. Like, it, like I said, Tom Hardy's really committed to it, and he's fun to watch on screen. Uh, but also, I don't like his, I'm a sad sack all the time. And, uh, it's, and I mean, Woody Harrelson's having fun. Um, and I mean, I kind of agree with Brad, the, the violence is so hypercut and... I mean, I don't think it was pushing an R rating at all.
0: Yeah, a lot um, of it was implied.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, sometimes I, I guess the that thought
2: of it is enough to push it in that boundary. I mean, I that's mean, I the guess way so, I was able but, to look at it.
1: But. Um, but, yeah, it's just a lot of stuff that, I don't know. It's like the first one. I mean, I, I the first one's okay. Um, this one is okay. Um, they, they really need... Uh, Uh, to me they need a moral compass in it and someone like spider-man oh wait he is in this kind of um and uh, i don't know i I guess
0: guess it's part of the mcu now huh
1: (laughs) yeah i guess uh something happened where he got pushed into the mcu so i don't know if they're gonna actually do a spider-man versus venom which uh, the whole time i was thinking i said well now you're gonna have two franchises that are going to be competing with each other where do you make how much do you have venom in a spider-man movie or how much do you have spider-man in a venom movie i thought they were leading up to sinister
2: six because we have also got morbius or mobius or whatever the morbius coming out
1: yeah i mean they could but i mean so is it going to be venom teaming up against i mean i guess it's implied that he's going to fight spider-man because he licks him on the tv screen Mm -hmm. (laughs) but um I mean, as, I guess you could have Morbius, Venom, The Vulture, and I don't know. It, uh, and a big Brad, payday for Tom Holland.
2: <laughs> Brad, I read some of your notes. Can I read my favorite? <laughs> <laughs> Can I read? I have, Actually, I have two favorite ones. Um, the first one is, Eddie and Venom escaping the church reminded me at the end of The Dark Night, when, uh, at the end of The Dark Night, except where Harvey Dent is a wimpy hero and Rachel is still alive. Um, I mean, and then my...
0: almost shot for shot, very similar.
2: Yep, and um, uh, numerous buttons to scenes where you expect someone to say something cool or clever, and it's just something like "Oh, happy day."
0: That's what Shriek said when she got that random I cop know, dude. Just like, I know. <laughs> yeah.
2: And then my favorite, favorite one is just you being autobiographical. This movie was PG thirteen, right? The ticket kiosk asked me if I was old enough to watch it. So then for a good chunk of the film, I was expecting the carnage I'd heard fans wanted for years.
0: Yeah, growing up, I heard like, you know, this serial killer, like remorseless serial killer uh, just murdered his way through people. And I didn't get that from this movie.
1: Um, I don't know. If- he, he He does murder a bunch of cops in the prison, I guess. Yeah, he like stomps
2: on their fucking feet. He, I like the death, and when he breaks into that convenience store, and he hops over the counter and kicks the shit out of the uh, convenience store clerk, like it's fucking brutal, and you don't need to see a thing; you just hear the kicking. Like it's good sound design. I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm just saying I appreciate but now that. What he you does brought
1: up it. the convenience store. How the hell?
0: I wrote about that.
1: It, <laughs> did you? How did he tap into the internet?
0: Yeah. So Carnage goes to a random gas station to hack the internet instead of just grabbing a cell phone from anyone off the street before he steals the car, right? And then he picks a gas station to do this. And then, like, there's an attendant who just happens to have a laptop. And then he just puts his finger in the laptop and, like, I guess, surfs the web so he can get to the asylum.
1: Yeah, and is her, so everyone thinks that she's dead. Is she, like, on the dark web? Is that what he accessed? I don't get it.
0: I he literally just shows like the one uh doctor is harassing her, right? Yeah. And then he just drops in from the ceiling like Yeah. Th- was there a time jump or did he literally like digitize honestly, himself like Tron and then <laughs> pop out in the asylum?
1: <laughs> I honestly think that they they're like, "You know what? We could explain it, but fuck it, let's just drop him <laughs> back here. I don't care." <laughs>
2: Um, and they're at Ravencroft, right? So I mean, it's not like a dark web thing. That would be like a fucking like that's a that's a known entity in the Marvel universe, right?
0: Was Ravencroft the place in uh, the New Mutants movie? Uh,
1: maybe I I know it's in Amazing Spider-Man too. That's where they have Electro. Oh, okay. I, I don't remember though. I, I've only seen New Mutants once. <laughs>
0: Gosh, we could go through a lot of my notes. I'm reading them again myself. So Eddie Brock is wearing a Detroit Lions jacket, even though he's a Bay Area resident. <laughs>
2: okay. well, well,
1: you know, maybe he's a transplant.
2: <laughs> yeah, you never know. He could be it's like De- it's like Californians who come to Denver. They wear LA Dodger shirts when they know that's the wrong
1: idea.
0: Also, how does Carnage work? Because is he so, so uh Cleus Cassidy bites Eddie Brock, who I assume his blood and Venom's is mixed at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, is that a piece of Venom that yeah. when merged with Cassidy? Like all of Cassidy's, like uh, like Mania is combined with it, or is it like something
1: like that? I in the in the comics, they're cellmates, and a part of Venom goes and just bonds with him, so. I, I mean, I guess this makes more sense. I don't know. Well, Carnage
0: keeps calling like Venom Dad. but Carnage, mm-hmm. Venom keeps acting like like another symbiote just dropped out of the sky. Like he's different. He doesn't understand that. Like, oh yeah, a piece of me is over there. Like, like the T T one thousand is accountable. Like he knows when there's a piece <laughs> of him missing, but Venom doesn't.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it, I, I like I said, the characters aren't that strong to begin with. I mean, Venom's gone on. I think he has something almost 200 issues in a series, but they take him to space and all this other stuff. I don't know. I don't read it because I'm not a Venom fan at all. But I mean, when he pops up in Spider Man, I'm um, okay. He's in Spider Man, but I mean, he's obviously really popular because this movie made 90 million dollars this weekend.
0: Yeah. The, the the FBI agent, I think it was FBI. He gets his eyes squished, and then at the end of the movie, he like wakes up, and his eyes are glowing. Like, what's that about?
2: Um, I looked it up on Wikipedia. He apparently becomes something called toxin.
1: Yeah, so that's another symbiote. And uh, how does Shriek make a symbiote? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Do, I, I'm guessing they're doing little creative uh, licensing, so he'll be like Shriek. But how did Shriek? Transfer her powers to him after she hung him. I don't understand what's going on.
0: So confused. I just then,
2: like the idea of Stephen Graham being in a Marvel movie now. At last, we're getting one of Scorsese's famous new discoveries into the Marvel universe.
0: That was a famous I love,
2: guy. I love. I love Stephen Graham, dude. He's been all. He's popped up all over Disney. He's been in Scorsese joints with Boardwalk Empire and Irishman. He's fucking I great. I can't him. wait to see what he does. I will go see a Venom three just to watch him be the bad guy.
0: Uh, I so, guess so also Eddie and Venom like have an argument about how Venom can't survive on chicken and chocolate all the time but at the end of the movie they're all good and they hide out on a like a deserted island <laughs> like where are they going to get chicken and chocolate <laughs> like, yeah, they're definitely I, not getting more people
1: yeah I, I don't know what's going on at all I. yep Guys, uh, it's
2: a, I, guys, it's a goofy buddy movie disguised as a superhero movie. I guess we just got to accept that. <clears throat> just come into my camp, and you'll just enjoy it more. You don't have to love it; you'll just enjoy it more.
0: And after Venom leaves, Eddie like drops <laughs> off his uh, Sonny and Cher chickens in the park, and then I guess like two, three days later, they're still at that that statue. I <laughs> don't know how they're to- still eating in that grass. It,
2: Brad, they're really those chickens love Don Quixote. Don't you love Don Quixote?
0: Yeah, that was I didn't even understand what he was talking about.
2: Oh, that it makes sense. It's, you know, Don Quixote and Sancho Panza have idea of different conflicts with each other, but they still work together. And that's the impetus of the theme that they're discussing between Eddie and Venom. So,
0: Well, I, I, I missed that because I, I said they going like, really, they're going to quote Don, like Don Quixote and relate that to the movie right now. <laughs> like, oh, I missed what they're talking about. Shoot.
2: The, yeah, let's keep in mind. This is a sequel to a first movie that took itself almost way too seriously. I appreciated that this movie decided, "fuck it, <laughs> we don't care."
0: And poor Michelle Williams, like so little to do.
2: Yep. Yeah, that was a that was a that was a sad thing to see. She's like Oscar barely
1: winning Michelle Williams.
0: <laughs> yeah, and Try then her make fiance so you make the
2: good projects, my friend.
0: I didn't realize her fiance was also in the church. So when he just pops up, like dumping the gasoline on him, just like ah, uh, this. I guess the audience yep. thinks this is funny.
1: Yeah. I don't I, I was the only one in my theater. <laughs> oh, lucky. I know, and it was like one of the biggest theaters in the mills. I really wanted to see it at Alamo because I have the season pass for free. But they only ha they didn't have very many showings today.
0: That's uh, a Monday. Yeah. They've also get the, RIP they to, got to, to Denver the- West. Yeah. Denver
2: Denver West? The mm-hmm. the UA Theater? Yep. yep. What happened? Just shut down.
0: Yep. Wow. I mean, what? I'm surprised it lasted this long, being like across from
1: another EA. <laughs> well, yeah, and also they started. They it was basically their you know art house one. Yeah. And they yeah you know, the last time I was there, I mean it was a while ago, but they didn't even put marquees up. It was construction colored paper that told you what theater to go to. So. Hopefully, mm-hmm. I mean, you really can't do much with that building except maybe upgrade it to a better theater. So hopefully they'll do that.
0: And yeah, maybe someone like Harkins will come in and take it over because, well, I guess they have Old Town. What's the other one that we don't have?
1: The
2: Brad Hague. Only me theater. Well, you know, there's really no
1: AMC in that area. I mean, oh, of that's Thomas right. Littleton.
0: Yeah, AMC should probably jump in there and. Well, well, I mean, it's still right across the street from another theater, which is tough. Yeah.
2: I don't know. Again, Ryan. Again, Brad. Make a theater where only you were allowed to attend.
0: Yeah, just Brad's. I mean, God, I, I would totally do that if I was if I was that flush with cash. I would just buy that and make an exclusive private theater. <laughs> I mean, it's the one I went to in high school and got into doing this stuff with. So that's why it's sad yeah. for me to see it go. That's
2: how I feel yeah. about the. That's how I feel at this about the Cinnabar on Arapaho. I worked there for five years, and I'm like, this was my home for so long. Why are they? Why does Regal still own this fucking place?
0: They'll probably do what like Best Buy did up in Flatirons. Is just they'll just knock it over and put something else, some other big box in its place. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: maybe that's where they'll put the new second spin, Brad. <laughs> There's never be another second spin. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. We we've got a hope.
0: You'll <laughs> probably just be like. I don't know, like a mega Starbucks or something.
2: Oddly or, enough, it's a
0: mattress uh, store. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get rid of the the cool DVD and Blu-ray plays, and I'm gonna make separate sections to increase more rent and more business. But no nope, mattress factory or whatever the fuck. Ah, that fucking thing. Yep. Oh, well, sorry, well, that but... still pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I talk about
0: how this movie has nothing to say about anything
1: yeah it just (laughs) exists um anywho uh next week is james bond no time to die uh what's the name again what's up what's the name again no time to die
2: no no what's the name of the main character in there james bond oh you mean bond james bond
1: come on ryan (laughs) yep it's james bond (laughs) Uh, so that's cool we're gonna have like a new movie every week in October and like a big movie so that's cool Um, so yeah
0: and a little bit of November that's right and I think we're getting a film solution 2011 pretty soon so
1: yeah I'll have to look at the schedule and see what a good time for us to do it is
2: remember if you don't send us your list you won't be a real hero or a real human being
0: I mean Yeah. yeah It's either going to be between Eternals and Ghostbusters or after
1: Encanto. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll have to figure it out. Try not to put two in December. <laughs> so, <laughs> but we'll figure it out. Yeah. Sure will. We always do. And until next week, see you at the theaters. Bye. Bye.